what's up? It's Sipping the Scales. I'm Shay Dawson. I'm Tania Rivers making Shay laugh yet again. <laughs> Welcome back, tippers. What up, people? <laughs> Shay can't. I I think I uh I tickle poor little Shay. She get a she gets a kick out of me, but I that's why she loves everybody. me, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's why you love Ooh. me. Anyway. Um, while we're laughing now, uh, we're going to switch gears because our topic today is a bit heavy. And I know that there are so many people that can relate to this topic. They may be experiencing it right now or have experienced it in the past. And it's how do you cope and move on after losing a loved one? And it's definitely hard as hell. But it's part of life. So Shay and I thought it was important to kind of go down this journey and share our thoughts with with everyone today. Yeah. And also to kind of discuss, um, a lot of people have been getting diagnosed with cancer um, in my life um, wow. or someone that I know. Wow. And all of the things that involve or are... are that come with a diagnosis. How do you yeah. get ready? How do you plan? How do you continue living? Yeah. How do you continue um, going through treatment and working? And, you know, if it's a loved one, I mean, there's just a lot of things to talk about here uh, yeah. when it comes to death. And it's kind of morbid, but at the same time, you know, we got to get prepared. We got to talk about it and we got to start yeah. mentally preparing because any one of us at any day can go. And are we prepared? Yeah. You know, yeah. once that Always has prepared to yeah. to set up our families as as best as we can. Um, I think we all know that it's part of life. Uh, we don't like to talk about it because it makes us. It, it's a. It's not a great feeling when you start thinking about that one day I'm not going to be here. One day I'm going to lose someone that I love. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't sound great to the ears. It doesn't sound great to the soul. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we know that it's an expectation that it will happen. And the best, as much as we can, of course, like within our control, we have to try to prepare for it um, so that we're not, um, that we, especially financially, right? I think that's a big part of it, but there's so many different ways in terms and we can explore that during this conversation as it relates to preparation. Although I think in terms of the loss in itself, especially with someone who lost a father, someone who lost a younger brother way too soon. Um, You're never going to prepare for the the impact of losing someone and you're never uh, going to fill that void uh, with your loved one moving on. Um, For me, I always say move on uh, to someplace better, you know, those of you who know me, I'm a believer, and I believe that when someone's not here and they are a believer, um, that they go to a, a better place in, in heaven. And that's where I think about that gives me peace and comfort, knowing where my loved ones are no longer here. A few of them were suffering, so that's no longer happening. So that kind of gives me joy. But at the same time, I really miss uh, those people who went home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where do I start with? Um, well, I did go visit my uncle in mm-hmm. Austin, Texas recently. He just retired. Yeah. Um, and it's always kind of bittersweet when I'm with my dad's side of the family. I actually got to see my dad too. 
Uh, and my, my, my siblings on my dad's side, my stepmom and my aunt L'Oreal and all, I just love all of them, my, my little cousins. And, um, it's kind of strange because our grandparents were the backbone of that side of the family and they're no longer there. So we always talk about them all the time. They're, yeah. They have, they, they're literally memorialized in, in that side of the family's house. Like if you walk in, you're going to see Alfonso, Alfonso and Marietta, my grandparents. You're always going to see them because mm-hmm. they just literally laid the foundation for our family. Yeah. Um, but like I told you before, I shared that um, my dad had went through a really, really tough time losing his parents. Um, yeah. My grandmother and my dad were very uh, integral in his life. And when they passed, he did not have the capacity to continue to to be the person he was. Like he is a completely different man now, but like, like he didn't handle death great. You know what I mean? And I was young, yeah. but at the same time, I still feel them. Mm. You know, Absolutely. I still feel the void that they left in our family's mm-hmm. lives. Like it's still hard yeah. for us to kind of like gather yeah. and meet. And that was like, it had been a while. So like six yeah. years since we had gotten together. So it's like, I think mm. that's how I think about death is like how they leave, what they leave and how they leave in their memory. Like they last, they, they, they are present every time we're together. Like we feel yeah. them, you know? Yeah. It's like an imprint that they leave on your heart, yeah. on your soul, on your overall well-being. Um, I recently lost one of my aunts, uh, Kathy. I remember. Um, remember um, mm-hmm. one of my closest cousins, uh, Tashel. Yep. Her yep. mom lost her to COVID. And it's just been so disruptive to mm. my system, to my family. Um, she was in her 50s, you know, and she had some other um, health complications before. Mm-hmm. And her body just could not fight COVID off and we mm-hmm. lost her. And it was very, very painful. Um, so I was just looking at a picture of her the other day and um, my heart just felt so, so sad just knowing that she's not here. And right. uh, my cousin is an only child. So she has been really having a hard time and I've been trying to just really wrap my arms around her and give her some support, but being an only child and being, um, just knowing how close she was with her mother, um, has just been such a tough journey. And I could tell you what has worked for me now, granted how we process and deal with death looks different Mm -hmm. for each and every one of us. Like, Mm -hmm. but for me, I can tell you that going to see a therapist was tremendous for me. There would be no way I would have been able to move on from like, first I lost my dad. And then three months later, literally three months later, I lost my brother uh, through suicide. And he was very young, about 21. And that was, if you can imagine, just catastrophic. And I could not at all function if it wasn't going to therapy to to give me some healing to allow me to talk it out because I think uh, for those of you who've ever experienced suicide in your family, um, there's so many questions that are left unanswered. And sometimes I know for me, there was a lot of questions that I blamed myself. Like I was his older sister. How come I didn't notice it's going to happen? Mm-hmm. I talked to him the day before should I had catch something? Like it was a lot of internal blaming that happened. And if it wasn't for counseling, I would have never, 
been able to have that shift to understand and go through that healing process. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, counseling helped tremendously. And, you know, we we brought on um, Shay's boo, <laughs> who is an expert in that field. And we had a whole um, episode on mental health and the importance of it. So if you haven't listened to it, please take the time to go out and listen to um, our pod, specifically the episode around mental health, because I think it's so um, helpful and um, we need to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that, uh, especially when I think about some of my family members, um, they don't believe in counseling. So they try to heal on their own. And sometimes it can, um, I would say, delay the process of healing when you don't have support to be able to walk you through that journey. hmm and I would say uh, part of the problem, and it is a problem, is that we don't prepare for these things. Yeah. Like when, you know, I don't know what the steps, you know, you and your family took, but we should talk about, you know, once someone is diagnosed with something or we know that it's, um, you know, heading in the wrong direction or not mm-hmm. going well. Like it, my friend was telling me today at work, shout out to Elise for, for, pulling me aside and talking to me about this because it was on her mind and it was on her heart and she was struggling with it. But it's like, Mm. I don't even know how this person wants to be buried. Mm. I don't even know, you know, where this person wants to be buried. Like we've never had that conversation and now to have it while that person's sick, it's like, how do you have these conversations? Is the will in, you know, put in place? Do I know the passwords to your things on your laptop? Yeah. Or, you know, your important documents. Where are those documents located? Do you have those um, securely, safely and organized somewhere that we can pick up where you left off to pay your bills or pay your debt? I think yeah. those are the things that cause stress when people mm-hmm. die or yeah. pass away. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Right. It's it's it divides the family. So how For can sure. we be proactive in yeah. putting those things in place? When is it time to talk about it? You know, I, I never had those conversations with my family, but now I'm thinking like, dang, like I need to maybe have, I mean, me and my brother have mentioned like, you need to make the money. I will take care of mom. But like, we actually need to continue to have that conversation because, and sometimes it could be vice versa. Like I need to, you know, make sure I know where stuff is for my mom too. Like, Hey mom, in case anything ever happens to me, ask Nafis, here's our documents, you know, here's, you know, our life insurance. We need to have those conversations because part of the problem is the stressful part and the division of the family um, because those things are not sorted out. Just brings unnecessary drama mm-hmm. um, to the forefront and stress that you don't need. So I think, you know, Shay, you said a key word that I think we need to just dive into a little bit, which is being proactive. So have you ever heard of the saying, get your house in order? Mm, yes. Right. So yeah. I think this is one of those times where you get have to get your house in order. In order. Mm-hmm. You have to ensure that you have adequate um, insurance plans that's going to cover not just the the cost of whatever you choose to do with the body of your loved one, but in addition to will it be able to cover some things and give your family support, especially if it's someone who had played a key um, role in providing. Um, financial support to the family, what Mm -hmm. happens when um, the home is absent of that person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, do we have enough 
coverage for our life insurance. So I think Mm -hmm. that's a question that we need to explore. I I think you also, if you don't have life insurance, please do get it. It's, you know, it's it's really important for families to have it. Um, There are some families who don't believe it or not, don't have life insurance. And I've had family members who passed away and we all had to come look in our pockets and all collectively come together to support to get our love purse, our loved one buried. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we need to hundred percent have a um have life insurance policies up to date and you yeah. know what they are. Yeah. Um I think a second thing is Shay, you mentioned it, which is to have a will. So that way you can help stop the 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 bitterness that kind of uh, manifests into families, especially yeah. when there is no will and they're fighting like, I want the house or mommy left me that house and you wasn't there. You didn't help take care of her. I was there doing all the nights, blah, 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 blah. Why do you think you should get the house? Mm-hmm. So I've seen that happen before when um, my grandmother passed away and there was a house to be split amongst, you know, six children. And that was a lot of drama. Yeah. So again, Life insurance policies up to date, know what they are. Second is, do you have a will? If not, then now it's the time when you are of a sound mind to be able to talk about what that should look like uh, with your loved ones and your family members. Yeah. But also to talk about when do you get those things, right? Mm -hmm. What age do you turn, you know, when you start thinking about your life insurance, your will? Is it when you get in a relationship? Is it when you have a kid? What as are soon as you steps? become an adult. Yeah, right? Yeah. And then also your will. Do you have to have assets? Do you have to have a home? Do you have to have savings? Like, what is it that, you know, What I think we need to normalize the conversation of when you turn, you know, 30 or when you turn 25 or whatever the conversation is, and maybe we can come back, you know, and do another do session once we yeah. do some more research and find yeah. out. But I just wanted to get the conversation started too on that aspect of like, there's a lot of people in my life going through stuff and I'm mm-hmm. trying to just try and figure out how to help them mitigate some of the things that they're worried about before they, you know, sure. get sicker. Right. Like they're worried about mm-hmm. their kids. They're worried about their home. They're worried about what happens to the things that they have cared for, you know, while while here and while healthy and while, you know, it was value to them and they want to pass it on. So, like, how can we help them, you know, go peacefully or, you know, try and muster up all the strength to get better and get healthy and not worry about that because stress also deteriorates the body, right? Big time, faster than anything else. I mean, yeah, for sure. So that's why I was asking one of my friends today um, who has cancer and Mm. it's uncurable. And um, she, she, she doesn't ever want to talk about it, but it's all I can ever think about when I see her because I don't Mm. know when the last time I'm going to I don't know. Wow. And she also won't that's, tell me. It's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. She won't tell me mm-hmm. when. Like, so it's mm-hmm. just like, I tell her, like, I just want to laugh with you. I just want to be with you. I just want to be around you. Like, just just help me do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, help me be with you. And like, what can I do to to make it better and help your husband and help you? And like, she has kids and she, has, you know, and it's like, yeah. and she's, it just sucks because she's somebody who shouldn't have cancer she's so positive and so yeah. beautiful and so giving and so funny and you're like why yeah. her you know what I'm saying and like I know that's yeah. what's causing her stress and that's what's causing her angst is worrying about other people and then she doesn't yeah. want to burden me 
or burden anyone else. And I, I tell yeah. her the way we were raised or way you were raised, that's not right to, to wait until it's too late mm. to like have, we're going to, I told her, I said, the, the thing that hurt me the most when people passed in my life is that they tried to shield me and I didn't get to like say my last stuff or have those last memories because you tried yeah. to be okay. You know? Yeah. This is not the time to try to be a hero. This is the time where it's all about um, having real um, authentic conversations. And that's tough, right? Like no one, again, when you know there's a, especially for those who have an end date that they know about a little sooner than others because there is an illness, I'm sure there's just so much weight. And how do you begin to even articulate how to have a conversation with a loved one knowing that there's an expiration date that's near in sight. Um, I think that is just so hard. And I think getting help through that, you know, me, I'm always um, going to recommend getting assistance through tough times because mm. there's just some, you know, it's, it's hard to do it on your own. So sometimes even bringing in, if it's a life coach or a therapist or someone um, that can help you be able to have those conversations to go a long way. Um, you know, know what, Shay? I was on Twitter and you had retweeted and it touched my soul. I, I kept looking at the picture mm. and it made my heart so heavy. There was a, um, a young woman. Mm. I think she had six daughters. Beautiful, all beautiful little girls. Looks like from a baby, so holding a baby in her arm up to maybe like preteen. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't know if it's her husband, but her significant the father other, of her children. The, the father of all of their, I think six or all seven of those girls, girls. Yes. Um, stabbed her and she died and left behind multiple times six beautiful um, little girls. And my heart just ached. I saw it and I looked mm-hmm. at it and I looked at it again. And I just, you know, it just touched my 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 soul because, you know. And, and the picture was very playful with them wearing like pajamas and yeah. little girls making cute little faces. The way they live. Yeah. They just, they just look so happy and they look like this is, this is us. This is our family, mm-hmm. you know? So seeing that, that just made me think about, wow, like who is going to help that family? I, same who thing. is going to guide those fresh young little minds that lost someone so significant to them in their life, losing their mother, you know, like their I kept father, thinking that. Yeah. And their father their did it. away. Yeah. So now their father is going to jail for the rest of his life. Right. Mm-hmm. They lose both of their parents. Who's taking in these six beautiful little girls and with who's that helping them Yeah, with that trauma? Yeah, exactly. I just, I have a, I had a hard time just, wrestling with it in my spirit when I saw it. It was it was yeah. very tough. Yeah. Yeah. And then that even makes me think about and I did retweet that because I don't know, it was in my heart to just share that this person lost their life and that we need people to pray for them. And then, you know, yeah. you have the La Brea accident in Los Angeles on Slauson. Um this uh I don't know if you heard, but this uh traveling nurse was fighting with her boyfriend and she got in her car and had been drinking mm. and drove straight through the intersection while there was traffic. Oh. 
Oh, and no. she killed six people, including oh. a mother, pregnant, a pregnant woman, a pregnant mother, their infant child, the fiance. And they oh were on their God. way to a doctor's appointment for their unborn baby. Oh. She was driving so fast that the car basically just exploded into a fiery thing. Oh, my. And she was minor injuries. No. Uh, and everyone that she hit died. And it's it, like. It happens. And, and it's so devastating because, you know. What's I, happening to them? Yeah. How, how are their families mm. coping with that? And what do they, what did that leave behind? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. how do you move on from that? Yeah. From sudden death, from murder. Tragic. Tragically. Tragic. Yeah. You know, driving, yeah. like literally you did everything right in your life and all you're doing is waiting at an intersection and someone who is in a, a, wow. a state of chaos yeah. and doesn't know what to do, takes it. And I don't know, it seemed like she was trying to commit suicide or I don't know, but it's just, it's sad. It's just crazy. It's sad. And it's, and Death it's, is just, it's painful, especially when, you know, like you said, here's a family just, just all excited that's going to an appointment to to learn more about their onboard child. And for that to happen is just mind-blowing to me. Um, and also it's it's, you know, my my brother um that passed away, uh his girlfriend, so before he passed, he had a girlfriend and uh they were in a car. Uh she was in a car and she was pregnant. And it was hit by a drunk driver. She did survive, but the baby, her unborn, their their unborn child didn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it really just sits at a place that really brings me so much anger and frustration when I hear that people are under the influence behind a will because you don't realize that um, the impact that you make on others when you make very poor decisions, when in a world where there's Ubers and Lyfts and taxis and just designated drivers. If you are, if you're somewhere like make the smart decision, don't try to think that you're okay. I mean, there's times when I go out and you know me, they, everyone teases me. I'm a lightweight when it comes to drinking. So mm-hmm. one glass of wine, I'm like, ooh. two glasses. I'm like, help me to my car. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. when I feel like if I know I'm going out to have fun and I'm drinking, what do I do? Shay, you see me getting out of a car. Like is no, questions asked. I am having, Lyft, I'm getting Uber, an Uber. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm not even going to chance it because I know there's the intention that I'm drinking and I know who I am and I'm not going to ever take Jeopardize that chance. That. Right. And that's under any influence. And that's right. even, you know what else is being mindful? Brother Muhammad was telling me about this the other day, um, being driving when you're super duper tired because they tired compare that. Yeah. Because yeah. they said that's like, um, driving, driving tired is like driving under the influence because Absolutely. you're you just not functioning well. And I try to be more mindful of that too, because the last thing that I want to do is because of me, because I made a poor decision, I don't want that to negatively impact and become very disruptive to someone else's life. So I think yeah. those are just things that we need to be mindful um, of and, you know, know that the only behavior that we can control is our own. And we need to make sure that we are, are are doing the right things, especially as it relates to having enough common sense to not go behind a will and 
when you're in t- when you are under influence of anything. Yeah, no, yeah. those are those are great points, and we all have to do, you know, our part. And I mean, death can come in so many forms. It's it's crazy. Oh, it's um, crazy. I I do remember having a healthy relationship with death. Um, when I was mm-hmm. in high school, my boyfriend's, um, my high school boyfriend's father was diagnosed with cancer, but mm-hmm. he was one of the type of people he, he let us, like he educated on us what was happening to him. Mm. You know, he had dialysis all the time. So he had these little marks here or these little tracks here where he would c- connect to them to filter the blood and clean the blood. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he would let us feel them and talk to us about it. Mm-hmm. And, it, it he made us closer to him and we got to like be with him until you know he couldn't really do much like he would still come to my basketball games and like work me out before the games like he he literally stayed like he just did everything he could until he couldn't and i really appreciate him for doing that because sure it made my relationship with him and i felt like i got all i needed mm. you know i felt like i could I could rest when he rested. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like I wasn't cheated. I felt like, you know, I told him everything that I want. I told him how much I appreciate him. I told him how much I loved him. And for me, that's that's why I was so almost angry at my friend today because I'm like, mm-hmm. tell me, tell me what I can do. Let me be there. Let me be yeah. a part of this journey. Don't try to shield me. Don't try to protect mm-hmm. me. So when it happens, because it's going to happen, yeah. I can be prepared. And I can communicate, I can sh- live on, I can share your last words, or I can share the last memories, the last days. I can do that. I can, you can live on, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think with that experience that I think about, and I'm thinking, and as we're talking about death today, is like, if you are dealing with something, if you are going through something, try not to hold it in. Try not to do it all yourselves. Like, give it to your people. Share it with them. Let them know. So that way they can be there for you. But then also you can draw boundaries and say, and I told her, if it's not, today is not the day, then just say, Shay, not today, but I love you. I said, give me a hug. Let me give you a hug. Let me just, and then I'll move on. I'll I'll go away because I know it's not going to be easy to talk to, talk about it. But like, I I need to know. I love you and I care about you. And so it's like having that relationship with that person Mm -hmm. or vice versa. So like, let's create a healthy relationship with talking about, these type of things, you know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's doable or whatever, because also I'm not sick, so situation. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So I'm just trying to yeah, start the conversation. What I thought you said that was profound, Shay, and, you know, we kind of talked about this um, at the top of our conversation is the point of having support and this. And how to move on. Right. You you have to have support. And and what support looks like for you can be different from 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 each person, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, you know, support is therapy. It helps me. I believe in the power of therapy and um that's something that I prescribe to. However, it could be a trusted loved one, it could be a good friend, it could be your significant other, yeah. it could be a third party that you um that you have a good relationship with whoever, whoever it is, just get the, the, the support that you need. That's yeah. if you are going through a personal struggle with your own health um, that may be terminal. It could be you 
um, knowing that you're going to lose a loved one um, like Shay and her experience that she's having. And Shay, I think it's helpful too, because you know how you are, you love hard Mm -hmm. and you carry the weight of so many different people because that's just who you are as a person, what I love so much about you. So you may need support for you. So don't think that the support just stops with folks who are experiencing it in their in their household or if you're the actual person who has an illness, but it could be you just knowing someone that is going to pass or has passed in your life that you need support too, Shay, for you mm-hmm. to talk it out to someone. Maybe it's not fees, maybe it's therapy, maybe it's something, but so you can understand, you know, maybe your friend is just not ready. Saying the words out of her mouth is just hard and she may take time, but I think you talking it out so you can get what you need to best support her and to best support you through this journey and upcoming transition, I think is is very helpful. I also think too is find something that you love to do and manifest and 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 really spend time really living in that moment. So it could be like me, I love to go hiking, I love anything outdoors. Um, and that brings me joy to my life, but whatever it is for you, whether it be, uh, going to on a vacation, traveling around the world, reading, whatever it is, rest in that, find, mm. enjoy the things that you love to do because look, life is so short. It's Shay so mentioned short. it before. It, it, it's, it's, and it's very unpredictable. And we don't know when it's our appointed time or when it's one of our loved ones appointed time. All we can do is is pray and prepare for what's next and live your life. You know, don't get so bogged down on, you know, of course, I'm guilty of this all the time. I uh work like in like a like like it's no one else's business. I spend so much time, but I also try to balance it out and spend time with my loved ones. I know I'm going to spend some time with my son soon. I miss him. That's my guy. Um, you know, we're gonna go on a little uh, spend some time together on vacation. Um, but do the things that bring joy to your life so that when you look back 10 years from now, you know that you are on a track to live life to your fullest. Absolutely. And man, I'm guilty of the same thing. But I think one thing that I do to live life to the fullest is is my connection to people. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I can live through other people. That's why I ask them, how's your day going? How's your weekend? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Tell me where you are. Like, is there anything that you need? Because even having that connection, knowing, you know, one of the girls at work went to Jamaica and she got to enjoy her family. And I've been seeing her work, you know, you know, seven straight weeks. And, you know, even when my friends who don't take vacation, I'm on them. I'm like, go home early, do this, do that. Like serious. Just constantly, because it's like, I also try to think about death too. Like if I was to drop dead tomorrow, God forbid that doesn't happen. And I'm saying it because I'm, it's true. Meaning it could happen. And I don't want to have a fear of it. That's why I'm trying to like, even when I live my life every day, it's like, if at least 18 people that I interacted with today know that it was a positive experience, which is the Shay Dawson experience. Like I always say, the best possible human experience one can provide person to person. It's like, that's, that's how I lived the whole, every day, all the way 
until whenever the, whenever the day is. That's how I lived. So it's like, if I'm not on vacation, I'm still connecting. I'm still on vacation with somebody. I'm still, I'm still living through other people trying to figure out how their human experience was. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. and I don't, that's not for everybody else, but like, it's a, it's a good way to, to honor that. Even when you are working every day, take the time to like talk to someone and find out what they're going through. Like it helps you like kind of escape a little bit, a little bit of escapism. So. Absolutely. That's how I do it. Well, listen, Tippers, I know this topic was not easy to digest, but we all understand that it's part of life. It's going to be part of our journey. And we, again, want to continue to have conversations to, to kind of help us. We're in a community together and we are here for one another. So again, we thank you for just your support. Uh, we appreciate you. If we haven't said it before, let's say it again. We appreciate you. And we love that you're on this path with us. And well, let's keep doing some great things together. This is, you know, when I think about when we first did episode number one to where we are now, <laughs> so much has changed. And we just want to continue to be a light um, in your world. So Please continue to follow Tipping the Scales where we get your podcast. Yeah, and you. continue to text these different episodes to people, you know, as they're experiencing some of this stuff yeah. in real life. And we appreciate you. I, I get messages yeah. all the time. Like I sent that to my my friend. And, and so awesome. continue yeah. to help us out that way. We really appreciate it and we love you. Yeah. Peace. Bye. Peace.